Welcome back, Red Letter Disciples, and Happy New Year. Hey, I'm Zach Zender, one of the hosts of the Red Letter Disciple, and the goal of this podcast is to challenge you, yes, I'm talking to you, to be a greater disciple of Jesus. Hey, currently, we're in between seasons of recording new episodes, and so we thought, what about a bonus series? And we're dropping one for you. That's right, a bonus series. So let us know how you like it, and maybe we'll do more of these in the future. Uh, as you might know, I do have the chance to serve locally in Omaha, Nebraska at King of Kings as a teaching pastor. And this past fall, I launched Serving Challenge, our latest 40-day challenge with six sermons at King of Kings. And so over the next six weeks, we got six messages coming to you before we jump into season six of the Red Letter Disciple. And I am pretty stoked about season six, which is going to be coming weekly in mid to late February because we have some great guests already lined up. I'm going to give little teasers, but I'll do that at the end of today's podcast of some of the guests coming in season six. It's going to be awesome. But in today's episode, we're going to tackle this big question as we introduce Serving Challenge is what does it take to be great? How can you be great? Uh, We're going to find out shockingly, Jesus doesn't condemn or rebuke the desire in you and me to be great in this world, but rather he gives us a new mindset when it comes to achieving greatness. And so I don't want you to suppress that desire to be great. Not at all. In today's message, you'll hear the number one most important characteristic in becoming great in this world. Today's episode in this bonus series is brought to you by Red Letter Living. We create resources to challenge all people to be greater followers of Jesus. This podcast is one of those. And today's resource is what I'm preaching about. It's Serving Challenge. So if you'd like to pick up a copy of the book that we're going to be going through the next six weeks on Red Letter Disciple, you can do that right now at servingchallenge.com. And great news, any order over $50 gets free shipping. And that's uh, uh, all always on our website, anything over 50 free shipping. And hey, if you're a pastor or church leader and you are looking for an incredible Lent season, it's only just a month away, but it's not too late to crush it this Lent. I would ask you to take Serving Challenge on as a church. You get your orders in right now and we can have a 40-day experience tailor-made for your church that will not only teach your people how to serve like Jesus, but here's what else it'll do. It'll raise the number of volunteers at your church. One church that implemented this last fall increased by adding 150 regular volunteers to their serving teams. That's awesome. Not only that, but this material, it grows your small groups. It brings unity as you focus on Jesus. And wouldn't it be great for 40 days to have done for you material so you can go all in on your Easter planning? So, hey, with Easter coming early this year, March 31st, Lent is coming quicker than most years. And so, again, you can find out more at servingchallenge.com. Or if you have questions, email our team at hello at redletterchallenge.com. Your book purchases really do help us uh, to be able to produce podcasts like this so that they're free to you. They're not free to us, but they're free to you. So that does help. And last thing, hey, the thing that every one of you can do, again, uh, we do our best to provide great conversations that are going to challenge you in your faith. If we're doing a good job of that, if it's been helpful for you, can you let us know by giving us a five-star rating? And while you're there, take a minute out of your day to review us, especially on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews... Uh, And those ratings mean the world to us. They not only get new listeners, but they help us get great potential sponsors in the future. So with all that said, let's get to today's show. We're going to kick off Serving Challenge. Let's do this. This is a historic day in the life of King of Kings. Officially right now, 
we are two physical campuses meeting at the same time. So come on, I Street, give it up for Northwest Omaha. We are so happy and joy-filled that we get to worship with you. What a blessing and what an honor and what a great chapter that this church is now entering into, and we're just excited to see where God takes it. So thank you to the loyal and generous givers and all those who serve to make this day possible. It's all for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. So to start, we're going to answer a big question. Who is the GOAT? You know what I'm talking about, right? The greatest of all time. Who is the GOAT? So is it really Michael Jordan or is it LeBron James? All right, so we got to have audience participation, both campuses. How many of you, so don't just raise hands, but I want you to hoot and holler as well. How many of you say the greatest of all time, the GOAT is Michael Jordan? Okay, okay, pretty responsive here at I Street. How many of you would say the GOAT is LeBron James? There was booing that happened here. Whoa. But my cousin's in attendance here, and he's with me. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. Let's get off sports. How many of you say the greatest of all time? That's Batman or Wonder Woman. How many say Batman is is the greatest? Wonder Woman? All the ladies in the house. All right, let's find out what kind of church we are. Are we a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi church? How many of you say it's Coca-Cola classic? Ice Tree, let me hear you. How many say it's Pepsi? Uh, The right answer there is actually Coke. Um, So (laughs) I don't really know that we settled anything there except except that I'm preaching to an anti-LeBron crowd. Um, More on that in a few moments. But these debates, they're, they're fun, aren't they? We love getting into conversations like, who is the GOAT? Who is the greatest of all time? And and we get into this with sports and professions and nearly anything. We'll talk about who is the greatest. And I think the reason why these conversations are are so important to us is because I believe all of us have a God-given desire to be great. And so I want to answer this question today. What does it take to be great? How can you be great? This is what we're exploring as we're kicking off a brand new sermon series today called Serving Challenge. It's a 40-day opportunity to truly serve like Jesus. And so this series that we're starting today at both campuses is not one of these series that's like standalone. In fact, the sermon I'm preaching today, it can stand alone, but it's, it's best like in a mini series of six weeks in a row. And so my plea to you, my ask as one of your pastors is, is will you commit to this? And some of you are showing up first time either at I Street or Northwest Omaha, like commit to this for 40 days. Like I'm just here for the first time. Like I get it. But sometimes the best way to know is this church for me is not to dip your toes in, but to get in. And I want to ask you, will you get in with us these 40 days? And so it starts with Sunday sermons, and this isn't a come week one, come week four. No, all six of these build on one another, and so we're asking you to be a part of it. We've got, we've got our kids learning about this during this week. Our students are going through this. And so in addition to the sermons, we're inviting everybody to grab a book that has daily readings that start on Tuesday. And some of those readings will have challenges to complete in order to serve like Jesus. In addition to that, 
There are many connect groups open and available at each campus on Wednesday nights, and we'd love to invite you to dive deeper on Wednesday nights. This is an experience to say, hey, for 40 days, can we do our best to serve like Jesus? Let's see what would happen if we could. One last thing that's available for us, specifically now and into the future, is our new King of Kings app. If you have not downloaded it yet, scan the QR code. It is an an awesome app that's going to allow us as two campuses to be one, where we can pray for one another, encourage one another, read scripture together. And during the 40 days of serving challenge, we can even encourage and challenge one another. There's videos on there every single day that go with it. And so download the app if you haven't already. It's such an awesome, awesome tool. So every single one of you, you that is listening to this message right now was created with greatness inside of you. You were created to be great. And I'm only going to share with you one truth today. That serving, serving others, serving like Jesus is the number one factor in whether you live up to the greatness that God has put inside of you. You see, we were made and created to serve. And when we serve like Jesus, not only does he get all the glory, but we become the greatest human beings that we can possibly become. Doesn't that sound nice? To be a great human being, to be a great person. You know, some of us, our least favorite word in the English language is the word potential. Because it's like a, a mirror reflecting all the ways that you've fallen short. It's like someone sees potential in you. It's like they recognize you've got something, but you haven't done it. <laughs> and so this is a series to bring out that potential and to realize your greatness. And I believe it will happen through serving like Jesus. And so I've got six weeks to tell you why I believe that will happen. But we're not gonna take my words for it. We're gonna learn from, I like to call him the G-Sot, the greatest servant of all time, Jesus Christ himself. In Matthew chapter 20, the two disciples, James and John, approach Jesus and they come along with their mom, of all people. And their mother asks Jesus that at the end, when all of this is said and done and heaven is set up and we're eternally reigning with God, that, that her two sons, James and John, would sit at the right and left hand of God in those prominent positions for all of eternity. I kind of think two things with this. Number one, like what a ridiculous request, right? But number two, come on, John, James and John, like bringing your mama in to do the dirty work. But how many of y'all know it's typically the mamas that do all the dirty work out there? And we salute you for doing it. It's a sacrifice. And so they come with this question, And Jesus actually does something that's interesting to me. He he doesn't, doesn't condemn them for their thinking. He doesn't even rebuke them for their approach. Instead, though, uh, what what he does is he, he channels their question and gives them a different sort of an answer. And the reason he does this is because, listen to this, the desire to be great, that's a God-given desire. God put that inside of you. You were made to be great. If you've got this like desire to achieve or excel or to be great or to live a life of significance, like God put that inside of you. So God's not gonna condemn their question of what it takes to be first or even what it takes to be greatest, but he's gonna change their thinking says, what you, what you don't know is what you're asking. Your desire may be right, but your perception of how to achieve that desire is wrong. And he's going to correct their understanding in Matthew chapter 20, 
verses 25 to 28. He's going to invite the other disciples in as well, and he gives them this paradigm-shifting teaching moment. It says, Jesus called them, all the disciples, together, and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, lord their greatness over the others, and even the high officials exercise authority over others. Jesus is claiming that the ways of this world from the high officials and the Gentile leaders to achieve greatness is by flaunting what you have, your your power, your wealth, your status, your seat that you sit in. That's what the world says is great. But then he says this to the disciples, not so with you. You will not achieve greatness that way. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your what? Servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As Pastor Craig Groeschel says, in the kingdom of God, greatness is service, not status. And so over these next 40 days, these six weeks, we're going to dive into the teachings, the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection, and learn from Jesus Christ himself what it looks like to be a servant. And so we're going to get to him, but I first have to go back and correct some errant thinking on the goat of basketball and tell you why LeBron James is the greatest of all time. And some of you are like, you've been with me the whole time tracking and you're like, I can't, don't know if I can trust this pastor anymore. Blasphemy from the stage. And if that's you, I would invite you into our last 40 day challenge called forgiving challenge. (laughs) And please forgive me. Actually, it doesn't really matter if you think he's great. He is. (laughs) Because I've noticed this pattern around LeBron, that when LeBron James goes to a new team, that team becomes great. When he's not on that team, they're not great. So so actually, the question I'm wondering out loud is, are those teams great or is LeBron great and just happens to be on those teams? And because he's jumped teams a few times, we actually have statistical evidence to show you just how great he is. And so I created a chart, you'll see it on the screen in just a moment, and in this chart it shows that before LeBron James jumps onto a team, they're really bad. Then he steps onto the team, and the very next season, they win 16 more games than they did the previous season. A huge jump. Then, while he's on that team, the more years, they get better and better and better, and then when he steps off of that team, they lose 30 games the very next season. There was literally a time when when, Jesus, when LeBron James was (laughs) on that That was a slip. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. (laughs) There was literally a time when LeBron James was on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they had the second best record of all 32 teams. He left, and the next season, they were dead last. So again, I ask, are those teams great, or is LeBron James great and just happens to be on those teams? And of course, I have bias because I am a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, if you did not know that. And so this, my treatment of LeBron comes with incredible bias. May you know that. (laughs) But I think we can learn from him. And of course, we're going to point it back to Jesus. But in an NBA game, there's 48 minutes to a game. And LeBron usually sits 10 to 12 minutes a game. So he plays 36 to 38 minutes a game, quite high comparatively to most players. 
But they've done studies to show how often actually does LeBron James have the ball in his hands. In an entire 48-minute game, it was quite low. Like, again, it's still higher than most, but I thought it'd be higher. Because in an average game of 48 minutes, LeBron James actually only has the ball in his hands for six minutes. And the only time the Cleveland Cavaliers actually won a championship during the NBA Finals in the more important games, he actually only held the ball five minutes a game. So I really believe that greatness is not necessarily found in just when you have the ball, look at me holding it in your hands, but in how you elevate others in the other 42 to 43 minutes of a game. And greatness in basketball, of course, we know it's not just on the main court, it's in the the hours and days and weeks and months and years and decades of practice into what Malcolm Gladwell calls, you want to be great or an expert at anything, you've got to put 10,000 hours of practice into that. So we have to admit that whatever we think about him, he elevates the others on his team to be great. And that's where greatness is found in this world, in the kingdom of God. Greatness is found when you can elevate those around you to be great. But at the end of the day, I don't want to preach a sermon about a basketball player that one time took his talent south to South Beach. I want to preach about a God who came down south to Bethlehem and changed the world. For as great as LeBron is at elevating others on his team, let's be real. The ones on his team are already really great. They're NBA level talent. (laughs) So it's one thing to pull really great people into really, really great people. Jesus has this amazing ability by scripture when it tells us that we are separated from him by our sin. So we are dead according to our relationship to him because of our sin. Jesus has this unique ability to actually raise up dead things to life (laughs) and even bring out even more as he's already given us life in our lives. And so that's the greatness that I want to talk about in these 40 days. Because Jesus didn't need to do anything to be great. He already was. He spoke the world into existence. How much greater can you be? Jesus didn't need to step down into human history to be great. Jesus didn't need to come down into this world as one of us to be great. Jesus didn't need to die on a cross and rise from the dead in order to defeat the grave to be great. He was already great. He didn't do that because he needed to do that for his resume. He did that because we needed him to do that for our resumes, for our stories, so that we could live a life of purpose and meaning. And so I can't wait to unpack what serving like Jesus is gonna look like. And where these two come into play is I really believe that the purpose of serving is to elevate and help others. And that's it. And so if you want to be great, master the art of serving like Jesus and you will live a great life. So we're going to really dive deeper in these 40 days. But what I want to do in the rest of our time today, this is again, a six part sermon series. This is just sermon one. I want to just kind of show you kind of where we're going on this 40-day journey so you can know what to expect. There's a few people at our church that might blindly and spontaneously follow because you're a free spirit and we love you, by the way. 
But most of you, if you're going on a journey, you want to know, like, where are we going? And what's the itinerary? And what are we packing? Who are we going with? I like to call you control freaks, by the way. <laughs> so let me, let me speak to the control freaks for the rest of the time. They're like, show me a little bit of where we're going. And I, I will show you. Um, spent the better part of the last two years with my wife, Allison, really studying and researching and reading about servant Jesus and, and putting it all of it in material that hopefully you, you will enjoy and hopefully will inspire you and challenge you. And I really wrestled for a while of where to anchor this entire series, where to anchor this that can kind of serve as like our map and our guide on this journey, and eventually landed in this beautiful section of scripture that I've read many times, but just opened up in a new light to me. And so I want to share that scripture with you. It's Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. And we're going to look in detail over the coming weeks at a verse or two each week. But today we're going to read all of those verses. And I'll just kind of unpack as we go through those verses what we're going to be learning about Jesus. That's the goal for the rest of this morning. And so you're going to learn what we look to call the five aspects of serving like Jesus. And here's the reality. If you ever get lost on this journey, like Philippians 2, 5 to 11, that's our map. That's our guide. Just go back to that. If you don't hear anything that I say, that's fine if you just anchor yourself in these verses. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. So I want to read these. These words were so popular after the Apostle Paul wrote, wrote them from a prison cell that they would recite these words in, in churches all across the world. They became so popular that these words became known as the Christ hymn. And so in many churches, they would sing these words. It was like a poem that they would celebrate. And so let's open up God's word and let's check out where we're headed. Philippians 2 verse 5 says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset. Some translations say attitude as Christ Jesus. And so first we're going to look at this word attitude. Everybody say Attitude. So, so before, like it's a serving challenge. So at the end of this, if we don't actually do the serving and all we do is talk about it, like we've missed, right? You can agree with that. But I do want to spend these first days, next Sunday with you, just making sure that on the inside, before we do all this stuff on the outside, that on the inside we're right. And so we're going to look at Jesus's attitude towards us. What, what was his mindset, his heart, his motivation? And when we look at Jesus, we'll just find this posture of love that he has for you and me. Even though we have gone astray, he came to us because he loves us. And so we're going to dive into the attitude of Christ Jesus. And hopefully, as we look at his attitude, our attitudes will be shaped by that. We're going to look at the inside. And, and truthfully, uh, we need to take a look at the inside. I think on the inside, a lot of us are being wrecked these days. Mental health is struggling. Attitudes are poor. Division is high. And so what would it look like to just start over and say, let me just look at the attitude of Jesus and let his attitude be the attitude that I have towards others. Verse six, who being in very nature God, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing. Our second aspect we're gonna look at is the word availability. Everybody say availability. availability. It's astounding that Jesus would make himself available this passage starts in the throne and just the fact that God would come down in the beginning at the start of it all just to rescue us is astounding enough. And then while he's literally got the rescue mission of the entire world on his shoulders, on his back, I'm just 
amazed at the amount of times Jesus would make himself available for the one person that was right in front of him that had the needs. And out of all the five aspects, this is the one that I feel like Jesus just really showed me that, Zach, as important as you think your tasks are, and as busy and hurried and chaotic and frantic as you feel like your life is, I really was convicted when I looked at how much Jesus made himself available for a sinner like me. And he'll do it for you. And as he's done this for us, we'll do it for others. Uh, Some of us, I think, we actually have a pretty good attitude, our intent and our desire. We do want to serve, but we feel like we can't because we're so busy and frantic. And I want to give you a paradigm-shifting view of Jesus to show you that you also can be available as he was available for you. The passage continues. Jesus, by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, he was found in appearance as a man and he humbled himself. Our third aspect is this word action. Everybody say action. And so after we get our inside, our attitudes right, after we clear up some space and have a little better worldview on our our role in this world and what God's called us to do, then at some point, all of those good intentions and all of that opening of our calendar to recognize how important serving is, like it's it's gotta come into action. And this is what Jesus did. He would act and act and act and become humble and humble and humble and just take more action upon himself for you and for me. And so we're going to look at that word action, and I really hope that this is the week that some of you, man, I don't know how many dreams have not come to fruition because you've had the intent, you've had the dream, you've had the goal, you've got the passion, but man, you didn't take that first step of courage. How many things have fallen by the wayside because we've left? We've left that passion and that dream just because we didn't take that initial step of courage. We're going to look at the word action and how Jesus would continually act and lower himself. Our next aspect is in the next verse. It says, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so our fourth aspect, everybody say ability. Ability, Ability, yeah. We see in Jesus the unique ability to die on a cross and actually have that mean something for eternity, right? Because he lived a perfect life in the 33 and a half years that he was in this world. Because he fulfilled the law perfectly, because he was fully God and he was fully man, we see that Jesus and Jesus alone had the unique ability to forgive the sins of the world. And so God doesn't call anyone in either room right now to forgive the sins of the world, but, 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 he does fill each and every one of us with a unique ability. And after we receive his grace, do you know what God does? He pours in us the power of the Holy Spirit. The living God is a part of us and lives now in us. And the Bible many times talks about how every one of us has a gift given to us by the Spirit. Not any one of us has every spiritual gift, but everyone has a spiritual gift. And if we're gonna maximize our potential and realize our greatness as a church, then this is where we gotta know how God has wired us and know what that unique ability is that each of us have and put all of that together. And that's when we can really change the world. When we all step up into that unique ability God's made for you and for me, we give the Holy Spirit a lot of room to move and change lives. And, and so, so far we've got these four aspects and, and you just see, don't you see, this is, in this passage, don't you just see how God just keeps coming down and down 
and down and he's willing to lower and lower and lower and willing to lose and lose and lose and lose for the sake of elevating others? Don't you see now as we looked at the ability how Jesus and Jesus alone had the unique ability to forgive us from our sins and he, and he did and he went all the way down and then he would rise from the grave. And so he did this so that, so that you and I could receive that grace and now live out our lives with purpose and meaning in this world. And what I love about the Christ hymn of Philippians 2 is down, 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 down. And then all of a sudden everything flips at verse 9. And it says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? I thought I'd hear an amen all the way from Northwest Omaha at Concordia. Come on, that's good. And that's what it's all about. So the fifth and final aspect of serving like Jesus is this word ambition. Everybody say ambition. 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 This is the day that it all points to. This is the day that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so in my serving and your serving and our serving, we're not doing great things to make our names great. We're not as concerned with what do people think when I'm holding the ball in my hands. We're willing to say, I'm gonna pass the rock. I'm gonna help serve and elevate others. I'm gonna tell them about the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ, so that they too can be great in this world because it's a God-given desire that without Christ, nobody is fulfilling. So all of this losing and losing and losing, if I serve like Jesus, it's okay. Because I know that one day, everything will be flipped for the glory of God. And so the challenge is to serve just like Jesus. So these are the five aspects. You can see them on the screen. Attitude, availability, action, ability, and ambition. And as we serve like Jesus, may he get all the glory. So I want to invite you again into this 40-day experience. And there are two types of people that I want to speak specifically to right now. Of like, why you really need this. The first is those people that have given up on the idea that you can be great. And you can live a great life. And you can live with significance. And you You can make a difference. You've given up on that because maybe you've tried some things in the past. Maybe you have had steps of courage and you've failed. Maybe others have told you that you'll never live up to your potential. You'll never measure up to your greatness. Or maybe they'll compare you with somebody else who they think is living great and you'll never be that. And so like you've given up on that. And let me tell you, those are lies of the enemy. Don't listen any longer because that desire to be great is a God-given desire that ought not be suppressed, but rather elevated. And so in this series, I'm trying to awaken this calling out of you, this desire to achieve, this excelling in this world. I want to bring that out because that's God-given. 
I want to make sure it's pointed in the right direction. Absolutely, but that desire is meant to come out. That greatness is meant to come out. Your greatness is the gift that the rest of the world needs to see. And some of you, you're not even sure if I'm using appropriate language up here. Because anytime you talk to a room filled with Christians, there's a number of them that say, well, Zach, ah, I don't know if we should talk about human beings being great. Let's talk about God being great, right? I'm not for a second going to tell you that God's not the greatest. I don't want to take any glory off of what God so amazingly has done for each and every one of us. But let me just say it this way. God is not threatened by you being great. (laughs) He's already really great. And he created you, the Bible says, in his image. And so if he is great, then I am great. Then you are great. Then we all are. We all are. And so I, I hope that in the serving challenge, if you really take this on, that There may be some of you that have squashed dreams and you've let go of the idea that God has something great for you. He does. And when you don't live up to your potential, your greatness, that's actually when you're not reflecting God's greatness. You're diminishing it to the world. But when you live up to your greatness, that's when you reflect his greatness all the more. The second person I want to speak to is and this one, I'm, I'm more apt to fall into this category than the last one. Is This is going to be a paradigm-shifting type of greatness that we're after. Because it's so easy, and again, I've fallen into this trap. Um, to want to hold the ball in my hands. And have people tell me that when I'm holding the ball in my hands, I'm great. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong to hold a ball in your hands every now and then and to shine like the stars that you are. But what if I, and if this is you, what if you cared less about holding the ball in your hands and rather started letting other people hold the ball and live up to their greatness? Because some of you have been trying, and let's be real, some of you have been really successful You've got seat, you've got status, you've got wealth, you've got power, you maybe have fame. Some of you have climbed that ladder and look at me, look at me, look at me and found that even though you've gone higher and higher, there's still an emptiness and a hollowness. Because why? Because when we do this, we're chasing the greatness of the ways of the world. And as Jesus says to the disciples, not so with you. You are different. And I've created you and made you and designed you in my image to be great and to be uniquely you. But it doesn't happen by just keeping the ball and focusing on your kingdom and your status your power, in your seat, in your influence happens when you give away the very thing that I gave to you, Jesus says. When you share the grace 
and love of God and elevate dead things in this world to life through the grace of Jesus. You bring change in this world. You help others achieve their dreams and actually that emptiness and hollowness that you feel holding the ball when you give it away to others, you'll be filled with words that this world is starving for. Fulfillment, joy, significance, meaning, purpose. All for the glory of God. I want to invite you to stand both locations now as we pray. It all starts today with a simple step of, hey, are you in? We'd love to have you in. These 40 days are a great opportunity. If you don't take this opportunity, take it somewhere and, and, and try this in some way, shape, or form on your own. Please, please, please. But will you for 40 days try something different? Will you try to serve like Jesus? And let's see what God does. Dear Jesus, you are the greatest. When we failed to live up to your standards, you did not abandon us. You sought us and you did action after action after action to make us right with you. You elevated us to a place we could never have gotten on our own. And Lord, if there are people that have not received your grace today, I pray that today would be the day their hearts would be opened to receive it. And after receiving it, wow, God, we get to live with assurance that eternity is ours and the confidence in this world to do things because we know that in the end it all works out. And so may we, God, may we, may we live differently. May we elevate others. May we stop worrying about our own good and just simply seek to serve others in this world to seek and save the lost like you have done. Lord, when it's challenging, thank you that we don't go alone. We go with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we walk together as a church, I proclaim, to do things that, God, we've not done before, to take risks that we have not risked before, and to act like we haven't acted before. Dreams will be awakened in this place. In both campuses, Lord, your glory will be seen. And through it all, more more people on that glorious day will bow their knees and confess with their tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. You are the greatest. And it's in your name we pray. And together across both campuses we say, Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Red Letter Disciple. In next week's message, I'll share the first aspect of serving like Jesus. And we're going to talk attitude. That serving well on the outside first starts with what's happening on the inside. How's your attitude? 
So let me know, did you like today's episode? Do you like the bonus preaching series? Do you want more of these? Uh, if so, like obviously rate, review, follow, and share, but maybe drop an email to our team at hello at redletterchallenge.com. We'd love to know. And if you're interested again in serving challenge, uh, the, the material I'm working through on this podcast, either as a resource to grow individually, or if you're a pastor to have your entire church have this 40-day experience, you can check out servingchallenge.com and grab your materials there. If you got any questions, email our team at hello at redletterchallenge.com. Well, as I said earlier, we are in between our regular seasons right now, and we've got some great guests lined up already for interviews in season six. Let me tell you about one of them right now. His name's Cap Chatfield. He is a kingdom entrepreneur that understands the digital world we live in today, how to be a disciple and how to grow, uh, help other disciples grow in today's digital world. Last year in 2023, Cap literally went from a thousand subscribers on YouTube to now more than a million subscribers in less than a year. How did he do it? What's the secret? And how can a platform like YouTube spur on discipleship in today's world? I'm pumped about the interview with Cap, a new friend of mine. So what questions would you ask Cap to help you in your discipleship journey? If you got any, please feel free to share them again with our team at hello at redletterchallenge.com. Otherwise, our next season, season six, is going to be launching mid to late February of 2024. And so don't miss it. And how do you not miss it? You subscribe, you follow on your favorite platform, and we'll be back and we'll see you next week for the Red Letter Disciple. A Huda Media Production.